Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows every week, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and you can become a member and get extra shows every week on Thursdays. That will be available to you on the website and the Castos app. You'll get access to all the member shows on Thursdays, all the public shows ad-free, and of course, the overtime shows as well, all right there for you, waiting for you when you become a member. Check out preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. And there you can get yourself emergency supply food and survival gear. The food will last up to 25 years on the shelf, and right now it is running dry on the store shelves, friends, but on the website, Prepare with the Confessionals. It is not dry. We have great options and you will save money. So go ahead and check it out. Preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Also go ahead and check out our YouTube channel. Look up The Confessionals on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Hit the alarm bell button. We just had a meeting for Legion of Legends, the whole team, and it's looking like the Dogman documentary is right around the corner, probably late January, early February. Now that I said it publicly, I think the heat is on for Christian, who is the one producing it, but I don't care. I hope he hears this and feels it. No, in all seriousness, friends, the uh, documentary is coming along very well. Uh, Some things developed after we were done filming afterwards that we had to put in the documentary that I know you're going to enjoy. And so that's why it took a little longer for production. But we're excited to be able to present to you some awesome stories and some experiences that we had in Kentucky. So go ahead and check out the YouTube channel, The Confessionals. There we will post the first documentary of Legion of Legends. So you don't want to miss it. 
hit subscribe, hit the alarm bell button, and wait patiently. All right, friends, this week we have Jenny coming on the show, and Jenny is going to be talking about a haunted, very bizarre situation she lived in with her ex-husband. A lot of twists and turns, and Jenny's actually local to me, very local to me, and she had a great story. I'm really excited to be able to share it with you guys, because this is one of the stories that I had in the archives, and every once in a while it popped in my head. I'm like, did I air that yet? I don't think I did. Ooh, I can't wait till I air that. That's today's show. So I'm really excited about sharing with you guys. Before we get into Jenny, though, I'm going to share with you a promo from Darcy Weir. We had Darcy on the show before. He'll be on the show again. He's also the one that gave me the opportunity to be the narrator for Who Saw the Men in Black documentary available on Amazon. Shameless plug. Go ahead, check it out and leave a happy five-star rating review. But he has a new film out called Secret Space UFOs Rise of the TR3B. Here's the promo and after the promo, we're going to get right into it with Jenny. been widely discussed that UFOs are of an alien nature, uh, we are starting to realize that many of these may also be man-made. The stuff I was working on wasn't classified. The programs that we're monitoring were unconventional and unacknowledged activities and science that are not supposed to exist. It accelerated at about a 30-degree angle of attack and left him in the dust. I mean, boom, 8 to 10,000 miles an hour. They looked like butterflies that were on fire. Well, when I played the footage back, there was a TR-3B sitting there cloaked above that ship the entire time. Why is it that if these are solid triangular craft, are we able to sometimes see stars through them? You're going to have militarization of space, like an arms race in space, and that's going to require a significant classified component. That is a secret space program. We're dealing with something very close to alien technology, engineered down to the atomic level. Something really odd is going on out there. All right, today we got Jenny on the show. Jenny, what's going on? Hey, Tony, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, uh, Jenny, you're local to me. How about that? I, I am. I live like a hop, skip, and a jump away from you. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, uh, I, I honestly think you're probably the, the most local person I've ever interviewed before. I mean, uh, I've interviewed people in Australia, California, Canada, England, uh, but never, buddy, never, never somebody in my, my backyard. So, that's pretty cool. Uh, but I'm actually curious, you don't have to give the location and stuff, but the house that we're going to be talking about today, did it happen around here? No, no, it was actually, it happened in Florida. Okay. Gotcha. What we're about to hear today is a story where you and your ex-husband, I believe had, uh, bought a house in 2003 in Florida and, uh, it was bonkers. And so why don't you just start walking us into this and uh, let me know and tell us, you know, what happened? How did how did everything start for you? I mean, you guys buy this house, you're in love with the house. Obviously, you bought it. Uh, what starts happening that you're just like, hmm, things are strange here? Well, I think so. We bought the house, like I said, in 2003, and it was our first house together. You know, our kids were young. They were my younger son was seven months old. 
And um, my other son was about four. And so we were really excited because we moved down there from the Philadelphia area. And it was just our first house with our family. So my brother had moved down to Florida with us. And shortly after we moved into the house, he started telling me that he was hearing knocks at his door, the bedroom door of his room. He said that uh, one of the bins in his room like shook. Honestly, I completely discounted everything he said because he can be a little dramatic sometimes and he doesn't hear very well. So I would say, Jeff, no offense, but your hearing's not that great. I'm not, I don't think there's anything going on. I think it's your imagination. Just, you know, calm down kind of thing. So I would say about a month after moving in, it was after he had told me these stories, I was doing dishes. And so my master bedroom was to my right and the garage was to the left. You had to walk through the kitchen and the living room, dining room, everything to get from the garage to my bedroom. So I was doing the dishes. I had my younger son napping in my bedroom and he started to cry. And I heard him on the baby monitor start to cry. So I turned off the water, went to dry my hands, and I started to make my way to the bedroom. Right. I was halfway to the bedroom and I heard a woman's voice on the baby monitor say, and I, I stopped, but you know what? I thought it was my husband. So I figured, oh, it's fine. He has the baby. I went back to the kitchen, started, you know, finishing up the dishes. He comes walking in from the garage like five minutes later. And I flipped out. I said, how did you get back there? And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, you were just in with the baby. And he said, no, I wasn't. And I said, yes, you were. Yes, you were. Because I heard a voice. And we both ran in to check on my son. He was fine. It was really unnerving. But I thought to myself, you know what? Whoever is here is looking out for my baby. And I'm completely fine with that. You know, I mean, as long as you're cool, that doesn't, it's unnerving, but I'm not scared of that. So it didn't start out bad, honestly. So I don't really know. Like there was some kind of shift. I don't know when that shift actually happened, but we would start to feel like, at least I did, and my brother, you would feel like you were being watched in the house. And if you ever have somebody come up behind you while you're watching TV or something like that, even if they don't say anything, you feel them behind you. Like you can feel their presence. Right. And so I would find myself constantly looking over my shoulder. It, it was just unnerving. And I feel like whatever was there, like it, it built up over time. So it didn't come right at you. It was a slow, steady build. So we would start to feel being watched in the house. And I was unnerved. And I remember saying to my husband, there's something wrong with this house. And he would say, no, 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 you're imagining it. And I said, no, I'm telling you, there's something wrong here. I just feel it. So we were having a conversation one day early on in our master bedroom or the master bath right off of the bedroom. And we were talking not about anything paranormal, just a conversation. So outside of our master bath was our screamed in Lanai. So I'm in the bathroom. I'm facing the door. He's facing me. We're just having a regular conversation. And all of a sudden, across the room, the wastebasket 
rocks three times, it goes one, two, three on the floor. And nobody was near it. And I said to him, what is that? That is not normal. And I'm freaking out. And he tried to justify it and pass it off. And I said, that is not normal. If you throw a heavy object in the trash can, it can tilt, you know, back and forth. I've seen it shake, but nobody touched it. Nobody touched it at all. So he still didn't believe anything I said. So it got like, there was a buildup. After that incident, I remember seeing, um, we moved to Florida during the rainy season. And I remember this because it only happened this one year. It was a very, very rainy, rainy season. And they would have these little tiny frogs. And there were swarms of these frogs. And I'm not saying it was paranormal. I'm just saying it was creepy. There were so many frogs. I would walk across my carpet. It was like one of those shaggy carpets left from the original owners. And I would see these like dead frogs looking up at me. They were in the screens. It was just weird. Again, I'm not, I don't know that that's paranormal. It was just disgusting. <laughs> were, were, were the frogs inside the house looking up at you from the shaggy carpet? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like you would find them. They were all over the windows, like all over the windows in the front window. And, you know, if you're from Philly area, you don't see this stuff. No, not at all. You know, we might get ants or, you know, crickets. I don't know. You don't see those things in your house. It was just creepy. So it got... It, it started to build. Now, when you're in it, I'm not thinking, oh, this is a buildup. It was just different things that were happening. And I was home the most. So I feel like I was experiencing things the most because I stayed home with my children. So they were at school or daycare or whatever. So I was home and I was experiencing these things. And that's why I think my husband at the time wasn't completely on board because he wasn't having these experiences. So. I remember walking through our laundry area and I will back up for a second because I know that this can have a lot to do with paranormal activity. Um, We completely remodeled the house. So shortly after we moved in, ceilings were down, walls were down. So it was basically under construction for five years that we were there. So that could have been the catalyst. Um, I remember walking towards my son Robbie's room, which we found out would be the hot spot of activity. And I remember walking towards his room to put laundry away. And I heard a conversation. I heard two people talking. And as soon as I approached, it was almost like, oh my God, she's coming. Stop. So I couldn't hear what they were saying. I could hear a conversation that stopped as soon as I approached the door. So I remember hearing that and just running out of the house because that was, it it scared, it scared me. There was nobody else in the house. Um, In that same area, I remember walking through and I heard, it was almost like I was walking in to surround sound. I walked in that hallway and I heard, it sounded like the voice, I think of like a woman with a raspy voice. And she said, just like that. And it was like you were walking into the sound. Again, I ran out of my house. So I feel like in terms of who it was impacting or affecting, it was me and my younger, my older son, because he was always kind of 
challenging when it came to go to bed and we'd have to argue with him and he would beg and plead. And it got to the point where he would just refuse to sleep in his room and we would fight with him. We would punish him. But what we would find out is that 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 was a hot spot. That was definitely a hot spot. I'll go back to that, but I just wanted to kind of put that out there. So we were hearing conversations. I was hearing conversations. Um, toys started to go off by themselves. So I would have some of the kids' toys were in my master bedroom closet. Nobody was near them, new batteries, old batteries. It didn't matter. You would hear them going off. Um, one morning I was in the shower and when my younger son was a baby, I would just take him in the shower with me because nobody else was home. At least I could watch him. So I would put him in the shower with me and we were getting ready to get out of the shower. And he pointed and he said bubble. And he was probably about a year and a half old. He said bubble. As soon as he said that, I looked in my master bathroom and I saw an orb. Like I physically saw an orb about the size of a grapefruit. And it was just moving towards the corner of the room. And then it just, it just disappeared. So I didn't see it on film. Like I saw it with my own eyes. Right. So time goes on. I would hear footsteps in the kitchen, but nobody else would hear them. So I would respond to somebody coming in thinking it was my, my kids or somebody, but there would be nobody there. And then a bedroom door would open and close. Like somebody was coming through the house, opening the door, closing it behind them. It wasn't all the time, but all you need is one time for that to happen. And you're, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's going to freak you out. Absolutely. So then we started seeing dark shapes. I guess they're like shadow figures. I never seen anything like that before. I didn't know what they were called, but they were, I don't know, maybe about five feet tall, but they always seemed to be hiding. You would see them in broad daylight, but they would try to like hide and they would like slink around, but you would see them against a brightly lit wall. And I found it unnerving, not only because it was whatever it was, was in my house, but it was hiding. And I didn't know why it was trying to hide. Um, The atmosphere in the house became heavier and heavier. I don't want to say oppressive. I, I mean, maybe it was, but it was very, very heavy. And I remember, I don't know when it happened or when it kicked in, but I remember, I would say maybe the last few years of living in that house, I would get this constant, it was almost like a constant voice in my head. And it would tell me, you need to get out before you're not able to, you need to get out before you're not able to, or you need to get out before it's too late. And I'm like, what is like, what is this? And it wasn't negative. It was like, Hey, you need to get out. Hey, you need to get out. And looking back, I really do think it's guides, angels, you know, whatever you believe. But I think somebody was trying to help me say by saying you need to get out. This is not good. And um, so we were seeing the dark shapes. I was seeing the dark shapes. Um, my older son, so his was the room that seemed to be the hot spot. It got to the point where he would refuse to sleep in his room. We would punish, we would threaten. He was petrified. And he finally told me, mom, I'm seeing something with, um, I'm seeing like a black, a black shape with red eyes. 
And as a mother, I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, I, and we didn't watch scary movies in the house, but as a parent, I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, what if there's really something here that this kid is seeing and I'm ignoring it and, you know, because you feel really bad. So I had heard of this paranormal group. Um, They were part of TAPS at the time. I don't know if they're still around, but at the time they were part of TAPS and they were located in Daytona Beach. So I'd actually gone on a ghost tour in Daytona Beach. I had met this lady, just chit-chatted, and I didn't know her well. I knew she was a paranormal investigator, and I had gotten her card. So I held on to her card. I don't know why, but I, I held on to it. So I thought, well, maybe it's still my son's imagination. I don't know, but I'm not, I'm concerned, but I'm not thinking, oh my goodness, there's something really bad. So when my kids would go to bed, since I stayed home with them, I would stay up late. I might have had some wine, you know, I watched television, all the things I couldn't do when they were awake. You know, I'd catch up on bills, all that stuff. And my husband at the time, he wasn't home all the time because he was a truck driver. So he would travel a lot for work and do different, you know, runs. And I remember being out in the living room, which is right off of the master bedroom. And I was sitting there just watching TV and something came up or some things came up behind me. And I literally heard, it was like in the movies where you hear all this talking and like whispers all at once, but you can't tell what any of them are saying. It was like that, but it was amplified. It was like dozens of people were around me going, but it was around me and I couldn't detect anything that they were saying, but it was, it was just creepy. I ran into my room after that one. All the while, I'm still trying to convince my husband that there is something wrong with this house or something like this isn't normal, but he wasn't there. So he wasn't experiencing the things I was experiencing. So finally, I think one day he saw something. He was in our bedroom and he felt he was laying in bed and the door was open to the bedroom. So where the bedroom was, the dining room was right off of the master bedroom. And the kitchen was right here. So it was open. And he saw a dark shadow walk past the refrigerator and the darkness or the shape actually blocked the, the, uh, the light on the ice maker. So he couldn't define what it was. He couldn't tell, but he knew that he saw a shape that walked past and blocked the ice maker And it seemed to have a rhythm, like it seemed to have a schedule. It would walk past, I believe, around the same time every night. I never saw that, but he did. Wow. So when he started seeing that stuff, he started to think, well, maybe. But he still wasn't a a full-fledged believer. He was still on the fence, even though he was seeing stuff. Um, I think he only started believing when he saw a woman that matched an old family portrait from his parents' house in Pennsylvania, he saw a woman that looked just like her walk through our dining room and walk out the door. That's chilling. <laughs> it, is, it is. And I was like, what is this? A paranormal bed and breakfast? Like, what is this? <laughs> um, I saw, I've, I've seen two full bodied apparitions in my entire life. One of them was in this house. My brother would tell me, that he saw a little boy that looked like my younger son in the house. And again, I didn't believe him. I didn't. 
And one day I was in the kitchen. And if you looked straight through our kitchen, the laundry area was right there. I saw a little boy. I would say he was about eight years old, maybe. He had brown hair. He was standing just with his underwear on. And he was standing with his arms at his side looking down. I never saw his face, but he was looking down. But he looked like a solid person. But he never looked up. And then he was just gone. He didn't run. He was just gone. So we think that that was the same boy that my brother was seeing in the house. Well, let's take a second and talk about our first sponsor for today's show, which is Simply Safe. Now, I can go through the spiel of Simply Safe, but I should let you listen to Simply Safe in action because I actually had the police show up at my house and I had my Simply Safe camera catch it all in the moment. So you're going to be able to hear that. I did cut out a lot of it because one time, but also because there's some information I didn't want you guys hearing. You see, Recently, in the last couple of months, I actually went to my police department locally and told them who I was and shared with them some of the threats that I've gotten passed on to me and just wanted to let them know this is what's happening. This is what I've been told. And if it happens at my house, I want you to have a record that I talked to you about it beforehand. Before this all goes down, you knew about it. And so they made a record and everything. So when my alarm went off in the morning, they showed up and you're about to hear that right now. Hey, Officer Tantorno. Oh, sorry, man. No, you're good, bro. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Hey, Officer Tantorno. Hey, Officer Tantorno. So that's why I'm actually here. We got an activation for your alarm. Make sure that you're good and nothing else is going on in this this house. But my... uh... I didn't get to bed till three o'clock in the morning. Um, Did you just get home? No, my brother is staying at the house, and he texts me saying, "Is your alarm going off?" But I didn't get it, and so when you were hitting the door, I saw it. I'm like, what the heck did I hear? That so your alarm was going off. Then? Yeah, and then I heard you bang again. I was like, "Oh." Crap. So how did your alarm go off? You know, did how, you, how what? it just went off like, probably like not even five minutes ago. So yeah. that's why I'm asking you, how did it go off? You know? No. Okay. What's What's your name? Uh, Anthony Merkel. Is that your truck out there? Yeah. Can you spell your last name? Uh, M-E-R-K-E-L. And your date of birth? Um, 10-23-1985. And everything's good inside the house, right? Yeah, if you want, I can get some pants on real quick. Listen, as long as you report to me that you're good, we're good. Oh, yeah, I'm good, man. So even your truck comes back to you, this is your house, we're good. Oh, yeah, we're good, man. All right, man. I appreciate I, it. Yep, Thank take you. care. All right. Well, that was the police call to my house when my brother tripped the alarm when he left the house in the morning. But I want you guys to focus in on one key detail that was said during that recording. Did you notice the response time? He said not even five minutes ago, the alarm was tripped and they were already at my house. That's how fast Simply Safe System works. If you want a fast security response to your home, you want to use Simply Safe, who takes it very seriously. And right now, you can hurry up and take 20% off your Simply Safe system. And your first month is free when you sign up for your interactive monitoring service. Visit simplysafe.com slash confessionals. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash confessionals for 20% off your entire system. And your first month is free. Go check out Simply Safe right now because they work for me and I know they're going to work for you.
We would have people that would come to visit. We would never tell them what was going on, but they wouldn't want to stay. So I remember a friend of my younger son's from preschool, him and his mom dropped me off. I think I had car problems or something one day. They stopped in real quick. They had never been to the house. They came in and I remember the mother looking around like this. And she went like this and she stared and she looked around from left to right and looked up. I'm talking within five minutes of getting there. And she said, we have to go. We have to go. We have to go. And she just ran out of the house. So I was like, oh, my God, other people feel that there's something off about this. So we were seeing the shadow people. We were hearing these things going on. I was experiencing things. Um, So I finally pulled out the card that I had from the paranormal investigator and I called and I said, listen, there's definitely something going on in my house. Um, I said, my son at this point was scared to sleep in his room. And um, I honestly was hoping that maybe I was just insane and that maybe there was nothing wrong and that they would come out and they would tell me, no, 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 everything is fine. I was really looking for a rational explanation. I didn't think there was one, but I really wasn't looking for them to tell me anything. So they were very, very thorough. So they did an analysis um, of the land, of the soil. They looked at the property records. They looked looked at everything. And they had a whole file before they even came to the house. And um, they didn't charge anything. It was completely free. Um, They came on, I think it was like Friday or Saturday night. Our kids went to their grandparents for the night and we had food and everything set up for them. We had another couple that we were friends with that knew, you know, about some things going on in the house. So we stayed in the living room and the kitchen and we just let them do their thing. So when they came out, they do their thing and you don't really know what's happening because they don't really tell you a lot. I do know that as soon as they got there, all of their batteries drained in the house, like all of their batteries drained. So towards the end of the night, I remember watching one of the paranormal investigators walking from what was my son's room into the kitchen, watching the monitor, shaking his head, talking to other people, walking back. And that happened a few times. So after talking to them, I said, you know, what's going on? What happened? So in my, in my son's room, they had done a baseline they had they had gotten a baseline. So they took pictures of where everything was located before they started the investigation, just in case anything moved. So I don't know if they asked something like, if you're here, give us a sign or something like that. So my son had a really long Titanic model ship and it was really long. It was probably two or three feet long. It was on the bunk bed. When the investigator asked that question, The lights were off. He felt a tap on his leg. He turned on the lights. That big model ship was on the floor next to his foot. Wow. And that's the one that was the investigator. It completely wigged him out because he was a skeptic. He didn't believe in anything and it happened to him. So he was really, really unnerved. He had to go out and smoke some cigarettes, came back in. He was was kind of freaked out. So apparently they did a second. They asked more questions and they put an EMF detector and a car next to each other on the floor. And they both moved parallel to each other, like six inches across the floor. 
So after their investigation, they came to us at about 2.30 in the morning and they said, are you religious? And I said, well, not particularly. I'm, I'm more spiritual than anything else. And the investigator said, the lead investigator, her name was Dusty. She said, there's something really angry in your house. And she said, I would recommend getting a priest, whatever, you know, denomination you, you, you are, I would have a priest come in and bless the house. So they said that they felt or they smelled strange odors, like, a, I don't like, I don't want to say demonic because that's, they didn't say anything like that. Everybody goes there. They just felt that there were strange odors. I thought it was maybe my dogs had had an accident. They said, no, 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 this is different. Um, the one investigator, her ponytail got pulled, not yanked, but it was, it was tugged. Um, the, the electronics, I think I mentioned that and all of their devices drained. Um, and they said that they definitely felt an angry presence. So their recommendation was for us to have the house blessed by a priest and to go through and do a cleansing of our own, involve the whole family. They told us to get frankincense and myrrh and to walk through, include the children and everything, say the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer and go through the house every night. I don't remember how long and just to try to cleanse that energy out. So the first or second time we did it, we were in my son's room. And if you've ever burned those little, they look like little cones, you know, and once you start burning them, usually they stay lit. Two times, once we got to my son's room, which was where the, the hot spot was, it was almost like somebody came over and blew it out intentionally. Like it was right there in that spot every single time. So we kept up with it. They didn't really do much else to help us. They just said, this is what you do. And hands off, they got their evidence and that was it. <laughs> so, I mean, they have some great shows out there, but I will tell you, they didn't do anything to help us. I and mean, we were on our own. And you can't really call a lot of people about that. You know, who's going to believe you? And this was back in 2008 or seven, I think this was when we had them come out. So we did what they told us to do. We kept doing the cleansings. Um, and I remember one day I got just so tired and I said, you know what? Nobody's going to tell me. No, nothing is going to control me. You know, this is my house. They told us that we had to take back our house that, you know, we had to let them know who's boss, because if you just move, whatever is there can follow you. That's what they told us. You have to take back your house. You have to be strong. Don't show fear. It just kind of fuels the energy. It fuels it. So I said, okay. So my younger, my, my older son wanted to get a toy out of his room and he didn't want to go by himself. So I said, you know what? We're going to go. Let's go. So I took his hand and I said, we're going to go because this is our house and I'm walking through the house and I'm cursing up the storm. This is my house and you don't get to do this. And my silly was coming out, you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, hands were flying. As soon as we got to the entrance of his room, like the door frame, I swear to you, it was like there was something that was so angry and so hateful. It was it was like a seething hatred, like a seething anger. Like if you've ever gotten so mad that you start to shake, that's what I felt in that room. And the anger was so strong, I would not cross that that threshold. I wouldn't cross. And the sense I got was that there was something just, it was enraged. Like it was enraged. And I said, okay. 
I'm out. Like I wouldn't go back in. So I had a friend who was a medium and she was actually one of the best mediums I've ever gone to just ever. She was amazing. And she was very, very specific, would give you spot on details. So I thought, okay, I'm going to call her. So I called her. I told her a little bit of what was going on in the house. I didn't tell her everything. And it was almost like as soon as she picked up the phone, she said, Jennifer, you need to get out of that house. And, and I thought, well, maybe she's being dramatic or, or something. So she told me that I needed to get out of the house, that there were a lot of bad things in that house. And she's like, Jennifer, it's not good. It's not good. You need to get out. And we had known her for years at that point. So we decided to take a trip away from the house. We came back up to Pennsylvania for a week or two around spring break. We drove up through the night (laughs) just to get away from the house. And we realized, my ex-husband and I realized a couple of things. So we realized that when we were in the house, we were very angry. And you don't realize it until you're out of that situation. So it was, he described it to me because he didn't know what he was feeling until he was away. So he said, honey, he's like, as soon as I hit the doorstep to come in the door from work, he goes, it's like this anger comes over me. And he thinks to himself, what did that bleep do today? But we didn't have that kind of relationship. Like we had a very good, well, we're divorced now, but we had a very good relationship. (laughs) Like at the time it was good. And it was almost like we had all this anger, but we didn't realize it until we were away from the situation. So we came up to Pennsylvania to, you know, visit with family and friends, get away from that atmosphere. We were all a lot calmer. We took a trip over to see our friend, Charlene, you know, the medium. And we were talking to her. And even at that point, my ex-husband still wasn't taking everything very seriously. And her words to us were, she said, there is a, she said, and it sounds so dramatic. It really does. But this is what she said. She said, you need to get out of the house. She said, there is a, a battle. She said there was a battle of good and evil or battle between good and evil that was going on in that house. And that if we didn't leave the house, we would have a situation where furniture is getting thrown, things like that were going to happen. And she said, you're going to get hurt. There's something really bad in your house. And you need to get out before something happens to you. So she recommended not coming back to the house, but we had to because we had nowhere else to go. So she recommended having uh, blessed medals with us at all times and having them blessed by a priest, wearing them at all times and not being alone in the house. So that was her recommendation. So at that point, my ex-husband, he was, I think his company was closing. We had to, we had to look for something anyway. So we decided, you know what, maybe we just need to get out of this house. We go back down to Florida. My aunt comes down with us to help us pack up the house, move everything out. While she's staying there with us, she was in my younger son's room. It got to the point where we were hearing voices all the time. Things were walking through the house. You were being watched. You would pick up a phone to talk to somebody about this. And it was almost like, somebody was picking up the other line and hanging up when nobody else was in the house with you. So we were going to pack up everything and move back to Pennsylvania and just get out of the house. So a friend of hers, 
heard about everything going on. And she said, oh, I can help. I, I can send spirits. I will come. And I'm like, okay, you know, anybody that can help that, that is a good thing. So she came into the house. She kind of did a walkthrough and she said, I, there's Native Americans here. They're not very happy. I see a man with like a loincloth and she's going on and on. And then she starts provoking. And I said, please don't do that. I don't need that. I have enough going on. So I made her leave. So we end up moving out of the house. We pack up the entire contents of the house. We move back to Pennsylvania and we have neighbors and friends that offer to help us uh, fix up the house so that we can sell it and just wash our hands of it. So we didn't tell the neighbors about anything paranormal because we didn't want them to think that we were crazy. So we had this really nice family that lived next door and, you know, we were friendly with them and, you know, their kids would play with, with our kids. So they knew that we were, that we needed to leave. They didn't really know why. And, um, the husband offered to completely remodel the house for us because we had all of the materials. We weren't finished the remodeling, but he offered to remodel the house for us free of charge. You just do labor. And we were like, great. So he started working on the house. I would say within one or two days. And then he stopped. He stopped working on the house. He would not return any of our phone calls. He just stopped contacting us, would not contact us, would not respond to us, just stopped. So we were thinking, well, God, I wonder if something happened because he's a very uh, religious, he, he, you know, he's from Puerto Rico. He's very religious. And we thought, well, maybe something happened. So then we had a, um, my mother-in-law at the time, she was still in Florida and she was really handy. So I said to her, Hey, can you finish making the repairs for the house so we can sell it? Okay, great. Fine. She said, she'll do it. She starts working on the house to, to fix it up and she's leaving the house one day and her car, her new Mercedes was totaled on the highway, leaving the house. So like, all right. So we get a handyman to help us finish the house. He quits within a week because he's having marital problems or something. He doesn't want to help finish the house. So my ex-husband goes down to Florida. He starts working on the house and we finally fix it up enough to rent it out. We rent it out to these people who uh, we find out they were having seances in our house. They knew about the paranormal activity. They were having seances. They were drawing pentagrams. It was bad. So then things, that's, they, they, they heightened. We were like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know why you would do this. So we get them out of the house and then we have to remodel the house all over again. You know, we're trying to fix up the house again. So my, we finally get the house all remodeled. We get it put on the market and it's just not selling. Like it's just sitting and sitting and sitting. So I called, like I was trying to sell this house. I just wanted it offloaded because we were living with my in-laws and I couldn't afford to buy a house until that house was sold. So I reached out to the paranormal team that originally investigated the house. And I said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to buy this house? And they said, no, we don't know anybody that would want to buy a house with that much negativity and that much activity. And the, the lady who investigated the house said it wouldn't be good for anybody's emotional health or psychological health to be in a house like that. 
So I thought, okay, um, I was really trying to find a way to market the house to sell it. Um, but I, I, I couldn't sell the house. So I reached out, I'd actually posted an ad on Craigslist and I think I put haunted house for sale, but I didn't put the exact location because I didn't want people driving by the house. So I listed some of the things that were going on with the house and this paranormal group contacted me. So this is the second paranormal group. And I told them a little bit about what was going on in in the house. And I said, I had it blessed by a priest. I did have a priest come out and bless the house while we were still living in it. And um, he went through, he kind of thought I was insane, but him and a priest came through and they blessed the house. And what the paranormal group, the second paranormal group told me was that when, when you have a blessing on a house, that it, it keeps things at bay for a period of about three months. And then they said, all hell will break loose because you, you keep it calm, but it gives whoever is there time to kind of get their friends. It's like a gang fight, you know, so they go back and they get their friends. So, right. So I'm like, oh my God. So they are in the process of, um, I'm in the process with them of having them come out and investigate the house and just tell me what they see, what they get, because I want to have it blessed. I want to do whatever I can to sell the house, but I also don't want to sell a problem to somebody else because if somebody else with kids moved in that I would feel really bad. So they investigate the house. The first time nothing really happens. They go in completely shielded. They said the only thing that happened during the first investigation was that the garage door opened on its own, but there was no electricity. And I said, well, that's kind of weird. So the second time they went, they didn't ground and protect. They didn't do anything like that. So they said that they had, um, they all felt like just a heaviness in the house. And no matter how many times you opened up the blinds or the windows, it was just dark. It was just always dark. And they said that, um, oh, they had some tack strips, you know, the carpet tack strips that moved up and along the wall by themselves. And one of the investigators told me that he had, after being in the house, he had really, really bad pain in his legs and his joints, almost like he was a 90-year-old man with arthritis. And as he said that, I remembered, I said, oh my God, I said, do you know, when my older son and I lived in the house, shortly before we left, I would say maybe the last six months, seven months, he had tremendous joint problems out of nowhere. He got to the point, they still don't know what caused it, where he could not walk. He was in third grade and he couldn't walk. The doctors didn't know what it was. They couldn't figure it out. It was out of the blue. So his muscle, his joints swelled up. He had a weird rash on his body and he, he physically couldn't walk for weeks and they didn't know why. But it was just so weird that they mentioned that having not known that about my, about my son. So they're investigating and I had reached out to, so I reached out to the one paranormal team that said, no, 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 we can't help you. We don't know anybody that would buy the house. They recommended that I reach out to a touch psychic. So I know her name is Kelly. I don't want to give her last name, but she is based in Camp Hill, PA. So apparently she's a touch psychic and they told me you can send her your pictures and just by touching the picture, she can tell you what's going on in the house. 
because while I wanted, I, I wanted out of the house, but I wanted to know what was going on because I, I wanted to fix it. And I didn't want to give that problem to anybody else. So it took her about a year, I think, to get back to me. And she had told me, she said, look, I worked with the pitchers and I had my assistant work with the pitchers and there's an older woman in the house and she's looking for something. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about her. I'm not even concerned about her. I said, I need to know what else is in the house. I need you to tell me what else is there. So she said, okay, I'll go back and I'll work with the pitchers personally. And then I will tell you what I find. So she said that she was working with the pitchers and she said there was a Native American massacre, not on the property, but nearby. And she said, did you and your husband argue a lot when you were there? Because I feel like she said she felt like there was energy coming from the ground up. And she said that no happiness would come to anybody who who owned that house because the curse was put on the property by warring Native American tribes. And I said, to, I thought, oh my God, well, now I finally have an idea of what's going on. So when she said Native American, I remembered the lady who came into the house and saw a Native American with the loincloth and everything. Then I started putting things together. And then I started remembering every now and then, I don't know where it came from, but I would see I would be in the house and all of a sudden I would just get these images of like blood and it was gruesome, but like something had happened a long time ago, you know, and I didn't know where it was coming from, but then I started putting all these things together. So I'm like, wait a minute. So there was something negative. They said there were, and she said it wasn't one or two people. She said there were a group of spirits in your house. And that's why I think I heard all the spirits around me and so she said it would, she couldn't help me because of the magnitude of the issue, but she said that she would try having, um, giving something to the Native American spirits to appease them. Like, I don't know, like tobacco or, or something like that. So she recommended having a shaman come in. So with the second paranormal team, they, I, I told them what the lady had said and they had a shaman come in and offer like a blessing. And they all said that they felt everybody in the paranormal group that investigated said that they felt the, the energy lift as soon as the shaman did his blessing and offered his, his gift. Um, it took us four years to sell the house. Um, but we ended up having to short sell it just because of the market in Florida tanked and, you know, it was unoccupied for so long, but um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, that's the story. Okay, for our last sponsor of today's show, we're going with Cerebral. Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Listen, friends, new year, new me, right? We're all working on ourselves in the beginning of a year. That's the American way. 
We are setting ourselves out for these new year resolutions where we're going to go out. We're going to make a better version of ourselves this year. Well, listen, don't skip the important part of our mental health with cerebral. It is a very crucial thing. If you're somebody that is dealing with a poor self-image, depression, anxiety, things like that, you should definitely be seeking help. And it's not something to be ashamed of. So go ahead and check out Cerebral because if you're somebody like me where you don't like being inconvenienced, I don't want to go out to that office and sit there in the waiting room where I know everybody's there for the same thing. I'm embarrassed. All that kind of stuff, getting to know a counselor, all that kind of stuff can prohibit you from seeking the help that you need. With Cerebral, you don't got to go anywhere. It's right there at your house. It's online through their app or your computer screen. You can sit wherever you're comfortable at the best time that's best for you. Not them, not their office hours. What time works for you? They'll meet you there. They meet you halfway. Not only do they offer these awesome services online, but if you're somebody that needs medication on a monthly basis, they are one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can skip those pharmacy lines that everybody hates. Everybody hates them. It'll get delivered right to your door like clockwork. If this sounds good to you, is sitting down and talking to somebody about things that you know you've been wanting to talk about, but you don't have anybody to talk to, you're embarrassed about it, or you just don't have the time, or you just don't have the energy. If this sounds like an option for you, don't hesitate call on Cerebral right now. And for our listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash Tony. Go to Cerebral.com slash Tony for 65% off your first month. Now we're talking about convenience on all levels and you're saving money. There's not a reason to wait any longer on getting the help you need at Cerebral.com slash Tony. Oh, man. I tell you, <laughs> that, that, was, that, that was crazy. I mean, uh, th- you taking us through the steps of, you know, from getting in this house and the things that are happening to finding the conclusion here. Uh, like, so somebody had said that uh, there was a battle of good and evil at some point. And so that that makes sense when it comes to what your conclusion is with the whole uh, warring tribes. Yeah, yeah. And it was um, I mean, it sounds so dramatic, you know, because and I'm not a dramatic person and I'm like, oh, well, that's just crazy. But when I look back at all the different things, um, it, it makes sense. I, I think that it was very they were very territorial. This was their land. This was their property. I don't know that it was us personally. It was just this was theirs, you know. Yeah, I, you know, I found it interesting. The first uh, paranormal, it sounds like the second paranormal group that you worked with was much more helpful. Uh, yeah, they were, they actually did something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the first one, and I've never worked with the paranormal investigative team in that kind of capacity. And uh, I just assumed that their goal as investigating paranormal, like for that kind of thing, your your goal is to identify and help get rid of the issue uh did, did you just get the sense that they were more into it for the experience and like oh yeah there's definitely stuff here so good luck and and that's what it was like they gave us some um, instructions you know do the saint michael's prayer do blessings in the house 
but they didn't do anything else after that. You know, maybe they didn't know what to do, but they didn't give us any other resources and you feel lost. It's not like you can go, you know, in yellow pages. I mean, now there's a lot on the internet, but in 2007, there wasn't. No, no. So I'm going like, I went to metaphysical stores and I'm like looking up crystals and, you know, like, what do I do? But you have to watch because you can make it worse. You know, when they come, they tell you after the fact, oh yeah, by the way, when we provoke and when we investigate, it can actually increase the level of activity. And you're like, I didn't know that or else I don't know that I would have signed up for this. So it was like, yeah, we got our evidence. Good luck. Wow. Yeah. I, I That, that kind of caught me off guard because I thought they were going to come in and, and help you through the whole situation and kind of like a counselor. Uh, oh, no. They were very nice. And I will say they were very nice. They don't charge anything for their services. So it's completely volunteer. They don't, you know, they pay for their own gas, everything. But they got evidence and they didn't do anything to help us. Jeez. I'll tell you. So when they arrived, uh, all their batteries died. Now, is that an issue that you guys had in the house at all? Or is that something that just specifically happened when they arrived and all their stuff? I don't stuff- remember. Like, if we did have it, it wouldn't, it wasn't so pronounced that we kind of put it together. So it seemed like when they got there, all their batteries died because they would take smoke breaks. And then I would sit outside to try to listen to see what they caught, you know? And I do remember them saying that they felt nauseous. So they felt nauseous when they got to the house. A lot of them complained of nausea and their batteries died. Um, I mean, I had things that would die, like a blender, a coffee pot, a stove, like everything would kind of go at the same time, but it wasn't all the time. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, you know, with the 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 idea of warring tribes, it makes you wonder if they identified this paranormal investigative team coming in to investigate as almost like a... Uh, an enemy and and they and, right. and there was some kind of an attack on that you know because i mean you were talking about uh I, th- I forget who you said it was maybe it was your husband or maybe it was you seeing the, the shadow figure kind of like hiding i think it was you at, and yeah. and sneaking kind of around that kind of made you uneasy uh that that in itself i mean like it, it really does seem like you know, if these are like, say, dead spirits of, uh, you know, Native Americans that died during a battle, like it would make sense. They're kind of sneaking around. They're scoping you out, seeing how they're going to, yeah. how they're going to take you out. See them, that, that totally makes sense because I'm thinking like, I've never been in battle. I mean, I've watched cable, but you know, they, you, they slink down, they get real low and that's sort of what they were doing, you know? And I don't know if it was the same ones I was seeing, but they were, it looked like a person. It looked like a, a filled in person, but it was just all black. Like there were no distinguishing characteristics at all. It was just this black form or forms that would move around and like slink and like crouch behind couches and things like that. Yeah. It, 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 uh, the interactions you guys had there, uh, if you could describe it in one word, it's almost secretive. The sneaking around, the whispering, you know, yeah. it's it, it just very stealth and and but at the same time, aggressive and you felt the anger and you felt that energy and stuff at times. It, it's, it seemed, it seems like there was a lot of bad juju going on there. You know, it's interesting when, after I had reached out to the paranormal team, um, they told me to keep a record, you know, keep a diary, keep a log of anything that was going on because they wanted to see if there were patterns. Was it around certain times of the year, certain times of the day, you know, that kind of thing. So um, it was like a couple of days after I had that conversation with them. 
And it was around Christmas time. So I remember dropping off my son at school. I dropped off my other son at preschool. And then I went, you know, to do some Christmas shopping. I came home with the kids later on that day. And I go to our cooktop. And we had one of those, um, like an electric cooktop where it's like a glass cooktop stove. And it was almost like somebody took sugar, like regular table sugar, and went like this with their hand and sprinkled it very, very um, carefully on each burner. I didn't do that. I made breakfast for the kids in the morning. I threw the pot in the sink because I had to go and I rushed out the door. Nobody else was home. Nobody had the key. So I came in and I saw that and I thought, this makes no sense. And then I started Googling, you know, what does sugar mean in the spiritual world? You know, what are they trying to tell me? What is sugar symbolic of? But I think it was just somebody trying to get my attention. Like, hey, in case you weren't sure with all those other things, I'm here. So I waited for my husband to get home from work and I took pictures and I said, look, look at that. Look at that. So he took his finger and he swiped some of the sugar and I flipped out. I said, oh, my God, you're destroying evidence. What are you doing? What are you doing? So but I I included that in my little journal or my little log. And I told them because I really think it was just somebody trying to get my attention. I mean, you can't ignore that. Yeah, that I mean, the the physical evidence of that kind of stuff is hard to ignore when when you like say you, you know a door was closed and then it's unlocked and opened uh you 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 know you you clean the kitchen table up and all of a sudden there's sugar all over the place or the stove or whatever right like, right you remember that stuff yeah it, it, it like cuz i mean anybody who because it was it's so random and and off for anybody to normally just do anyways it's not like oh i might right. have forgot i did that nobody does that yeah. <laughs> you know? exactly it was such a weird thing and i forgot to mention that when you were asking me you know when did things start how did it happen you know that, that kind of thing you know the timeline shortly after we moved into the house um I would notice this, uh, it was something sparkly on my bedroom floor, right? As I would walk into the master bathroom, I had a million things going on. You know, I had the kids, we just moved into this house. I just kept saying, Oh, I'll pick it up later. I'll pick it up later. You know, cause I was lazy. And after a couple weeks of that, I finally bent down to pick up whatever was there. It was a, a diamond earring, but here's the thing. When I lived in Pennsylvania, before I moved to Florida, I had lost one of my quarter carat diamond earrings. My son went to give it to me. He fell. It flew across the floor. And we lived in this old house. And the earring was lost. But all of my furniture was already down in Florida. So in the event that it got caught in anything, it couldn't have because my furniture was in, was in Florida at the time. And it was in storage. It was not even in the house. So I get to Florida, you know, I I see this thing in the car, but I pick it up. It is the exact match to the earring that I lost in Pennsylvania. The exact match, like I'm talking the exact match. And it was the same earring, the same size, the same screw back, everything. So I'm, I'm like, this makes no sense to me. Like I can't rationalize anything. Like I'm really trying. I'm not the first person. Like I don't think paranormal first. I just can't make sense out of this. So um, activity still going on in the house. It hadn't been as bad yet. 
And a friend of mine came down from the Philly area and we went to Casadega. So if you ever go to Florida, you would hear of Casadega because it's a spiritualist community. So it's a sister city with uh, Lily Down, New York. And it's a whole community full of spiritualists and psychics and mediums and everything. So my girlfriend and I went over there for a spiritual discussion one night with um, one of the one of the psychic mediums there. And it was just five of us there. Nobody really showed up. It was just a small group of us. The psychic looks at me and she says, oh, your earring, your earring that you lost, that was your grandma that brought it to you. And I just started looking at her. I'm like, what? You know, because I'm not going to give her anything. I want her to tell me. And I just looked at her. She proceeds to describe my grandmother, who had been passed for 10, 15 years at that point, and tells me that my grandma brought me the earring. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So that was somebody completely random. You never talked to them, never saw them before. Never met them in my life. And they just come out and say that to you. Yep. Wow. 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 Yeah. I mean... things like that will make people believers in that whole and all that stuff. I mean, that's crazy because I mean, when you hear about, you know, psychics and mediums and stuff, you you, you hear people who are maybe critical of it say that all they're doing is they'll ask you a question, they'll ask certain things to get you to say certain things. And they start, they're they're, they're probably good at puzzles and they put things together and they can predict Mm -hmm. things. And uh, that, that, that's not the case there. (laughs) Like you're literally walking down the street or something. And somebody's like, Hey, you know, Yeah, completely blunt. I I was not expecting that, you know, because I wasn't thinking, oh, my grandma brought like, why would I think that? You know, I just figured, how did this get here? That is weird because I cannot come with a, a, up with a rational explanation. I know, yeah, by the way, it was your grandmother who passed away like 15 years ago, just so you know. That's crazy. That is crazy. What was the, uh, that, that whole place that those people were living and stuff was some kind of city or sister city. What was it called? Yeah. It's, um, the place in, in Florida is called Casadega. Casadega. Okay. Yeah. And then the original, um, settlement, I guess is called Lilydale, New York. And they have, I've never been to Lilydale, but they have, um, like psychics and mediums. It's like a spiritualist community. And I think you have to be invited to live there. And Casadega, of course, like I've always been open and interested in that kind of stuff. And, you know, thought, oh, it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes from my house. And so, you know, I kind of wandered over there and, you know, met different psychics and mediums. You just tell me random things. So is it is it like a a whole community where they have houses and stuff and they just kind of all live in the same area? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's a whole little town and you can walk up and down the street. So they have um, the Casadega Hotel and we would go there for lunch and things like that. And that's supposed to have like activity, but then you can walk down the street and it'll say, you know, Bob Jones, psychic medium with like a little placard and, you know, Birdie, whatever her last name is. And she's a medium. So you literally walk up and down and there's all these psychics and mediums like all in one area. Sounds like a a paranormal tourist attraction, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah, they do. They would do ghost tours and they would invite people to come look at orbs. And I'm like, you know, that's just dust, right? Like you're outside. <laughs> but they they have they have stuff like that. I think it was big around Halloween, you know. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like, I mean, that sounds like a place that might be fun to take a, a group of listeners on a trip sometime. That'd be fun. Oh, totally, totally. I think, yeah, yeah. I think someplace like that, just because they're very into it, you know, I think they're, it's definitely that kind of place. That's why I brought my friend who was from the Philly area 
I thought, oh my God, we have to go here. We have to go here together, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, I'll tell you that, that house you lived in. I mean, did you ever come up with a nickname for that house or anything? I mean, cause I, I, I have so many names for that house running through my head right now. Well, honestly, like we would call it the house from hell. My, my medium friend would say that house needs to implode upon itself. I honestly, I'm not even kidding. Um, I wanted out of it so bad and I, nobody would buy it. And I'm like, why doesn't anybody want my house? And I wanted to get um, like a lightning rod. Like I wanted lightning to strike my house. Like I was really hoping for lightning to strike my house. I just wanted something to happen to get out of it um, because it took like four years to sell the house. And then we had to, because the market had tanked, we had to sell it at a, oh, I don't know, like $140,000 loss. Jeez. Yeah. But, but it was gone. Like it's completely gone. And when I was looking for another house to buy, I was so careful because I didn't want that to happen again. I drove my realtor nuts because I think I looked at 40 homes and I would say, no, 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 it doesn't feel right. The energy doesn't feel right. And my realtor was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand. So I literally, I looked at tons of homes. It had to feel right because I didn't want to go through that again. Yeah. Well, I understand. I mean, something like that and experience like that would scar you and definitely make you, uh, when you're shopping for houses, all of a sudden, you're not just shopping for your style and what you'd like and stuff. And oh, this is a nice neighborhood. Do I, can I settle in with the kids? All of a sudden, it's like, what's the history of the house? How many people died here? I want to see the records, you know? Like, well, exactly. But you know what's interesting? The house that we have bought, that house in Florida was built in 1986. We bought it from the original owners who had it built. So in my head, these things only happened in old, old houses, yeah. but it's the land. The land was what was bringing the energy or where, you know, that was the problem. It was the energy of the land. And we had learned from the neighbors as we were moving and, and talking to them. We didn't tell them everything, just some weird stuff was happening. Our neighbors told us that when they were building the home, they watched the home be built. And there were all kinds of problems with the building of that house. And just from the construction standpoint, and the one neighbor was friends with the original owner's grandchildren who would visit them in the summer. And they would always ask her to come stay overnight. She would go play there during the day all the time. But she said, you know what? I never wanted to be in that house at night. She said, there was just something wrong. I never wanted to be there at night. So there were things, you know, there were just a bunch of things that when you put them together, they all make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said earlier about how you kind of kept the things quiet because you didn't want the neighbors to think you were crazy. So it turns out yeah. some, some of the neighbors knew that there was just weird things going on at the house, at least, right? Yeah, but they never wanted to bring it up to us because they didn't want to scare us or <laughs> they didn't want to sound crazy. See, I'm, just so, I'm, so, I'm such the opposite like that. If I knew something that was going on with my neighbor's house and they moved in, I'd be like, yo, have you seen anything crazy in your house yet? No, why? Just keep your eye out. Let me know if you see something <laughs> <Keep looking>. crazy. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. So when in my house now, so I live, you know, not far from you. So I live in an old, in my house is actually old. It's over a hundred years old, but that's not that old for, for this area. So I have a twin and now like it's not haunted, but every now and then like somebody walks through or somebody, I'm fine with that. Just don't scare me. But if you are a ghost and you just want to walk through, I'm fine with that. Like it doesn't bother me. Well, when I first moved in, I was, it was just feeling like a little heavy, you know, energetically. So 
because I talked to everybody, I came across this guy who had a store in Skipback and he had a friend who was a Native American and he would do blessings. So I was like, all right, have him come to the house. But I had to go pick up this Native American gentleman because he was part blind and he didn't drive. So I picked this guy up. That's a little more than you signed up for. Huh? <laughs> it was. I was like, I just wanted a shaman. I didn't know I had to go get the shaman. Yeah, if you knew. So who knew? I'm like, well, he's blind. He probably shouldn't drive. Nice enough guy. He did it for free. He came over. So my neighbors didn't really know me yet. And I thought he was just going to bless the house. No, no, no. He was out on my front lawn and he was like, there was smoke coming up and he was burning incense and like banging a drum. And my neighbors next door, I could see them peeking through the windows and like peeking through the curtains. And after I was all done, I took him home. I came back and my neighbor came out and he was like this real like manly guy. And he comes out of his house and he goes, hey, man, what's that about? I said, oh, that's just a shaman. He's just doing a blessing. Like, it's completely normal. And he goes, you're not, you're not experiencing anything weird over there, are you? I'm like, I don't know. Why are you? And he got totally freaked out and <laughs> you know, went back into his house. And but it was just funny. Like, I'm trying to be all cool and low key. And this guy's out there, smoke circles. And there's drumming on my front lawn in this neighborhood that I live in. Yeah. Welcome to the neighborhood. I'm Jenny. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that girl's crazy. Uh, you know, everybody's got a little crazy in them. So there you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. It was really funny. Oh, that's nuts, man. I'll tell you, that's crazy. I, when you were saying something about the neighbors and it just got me thinking about my own neighborhood. And I'm just like, I want, you know, I, I wonder how many people in just my neighborhood alone have these, you know, maybe paranormal experiences that they're having in their house, but they're not telling anybody because they don't want people thinking they're crazy. If they only knew they had a podcaster down the road to talk to people about this stuff, you know? <laughs> like- Seriously. Well, it's funny because when among my friends, any of my coworkers, if anybody starts talking about weird stuff, I'm like, oh, I got a story. Yeah. I mean, I have things happen like a lot to me. And so I have a lot of stories. And so now, if anybody that I know is having anything weird happen in their house or anything like that, I'm the first person that they call. So it's just kind of funny. Yeah. They're like, wait, let's call Jen. Yeah. I, I, when, when I first started doing this show, you know, guys at work would, you know, tease me and stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the most common questions I would get would be, well, do you actually believe in that stuff? No, I'm just doing the show because I think it'd be a funny joke to play on people. I right, don't really right. believe in it. You know, like, like, of course I believe in it, you know? And uh, as time went on, though, and the guys at work got more... Because, you, you know, it's the same thing with the show. I mean, the people listen to the show, they think they they know the host. And you do know the host as much as the host allows you to see. And and the right. same thing with, with your coworkers. They think... You think you know your coworkers, but you only know your coworkers as much as they allow you to see. When they get home, they could be totally different. And so the guys at work, they... they they think they knew they thought they knew Tony, you know, and then all of a sudden Tony starts doing all this stuff. And they're like, well, what's this coming from? You know? And so it took them some time to get used to. But once they settled into the idea that Tony talks about all this crazy stuff, there would be some guys who come to me like, listen, man, I got a story for you. You know, so- they do. They do. Like my my um, my kids will, you know, they'll poke fun at me. But they've had my older son has had a lot of, weird, you know, not a lot, but. When he was younger, he would see things and feel things. And now he just doesn't talk about it at all. Like he just doesn't want anything to do with it. He doesn't talk about it. But every now and then he'll talk to me about energy and he'll give me an old item and he'll go, mom, 
what do you feel? And I'm like, well, this is what I feel like energetically with this piece because you can pick up on the energy. So now they're open to that. And even if they say they're not, they still want me to feel the energy of certain items that they have, like antiques and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, was that is that the son that had all those experiences, like the shadow figure, the red eyes and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And it turns out, so he came to me when we were at the house in Florida when we didn't know what was happening, that he was experiencing things. He was like, well, I think I need a psychiatrist, you know? And I said, honey, why do you think that? He was in second grade. And he said, oh, I don't know. Do normal kids see ghost animals and see this and like see, you know, these things with red eyes in the room? And I was like, what are you talking about? So as the house issues, you know, progressed and as we started talking more about this stuff, because then we had more of an awareness, he told my husband and I that he had seen things for years as a kid. And we just never knew it because he thought he was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a shame, right? I mean, the fact that he he felt like he, I mean, he probably was living in his own little personal hell, you know? It we felt terrible. We felt terrible. And then I remember when we had moved up to Pennsylvania, we were staying in a really old house before we moved into this house while we were trying to sell the other house. The house that we were staying in dated back to the 1700s. And he would, it was this weird thing. He would see animals of, um, he would see pets that my ex-in-laws had that had passed years ago before I even met them, but he would describe them like to a T and he would tell me what they were doing. And then I would go, what, what are you talking about? And then we would look through pictures and his dad would say, is this who you saw? Or, Or he would pick out these pets out of pictures and he could have never possibly have known about them because I didn't know about them. Wow. Wow. That's interesting, isn't it? Th- this this whole thing has been uh, very interesting. I, 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 have a, a t- I have a title for this episode. Uh, I'll tell you afterwards, just in case I... Okay. All right. And, and okay. Just in case I, I, I change my mind and stuff, you know? Okay. But, all right. But yeah, I listen, I appreciate coming on and, and sharing your story. Uh, it, when I got the email, uh, when I was looking at the email earlier today, preparing and stuff, I I read through it and I was like, this is this is going to be a good one. I I, I was like this because just the way you some of the things you said, I was like, oh, man, I, I'm interested. And the funny thing is, just after I got done reading, I was sitting next to my wife and then she goes on and starts talking about a story with the baby monitor. I was like, what the heck? Like, I was like, yeah. I, I had just read this email where you were talking about the baby monitor and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, <laughs> it just kind of caught me off guard. But uh, yeah, yeah. But Jenny, I, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your experience. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Tony. I appreciated your time. And it was good meeting another local person. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. Share with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. I don't care who you share it with. Just share the freaking show. And before we get out of here, I want to let you know, because sometimes people say things that make me feel like they don't know this. We do have a store on the website where you can get merchandise anywhere from hoodies with the logo on it to stickers with the logo on it to t-shirts with the logo on it. Lots of different types of designs that Lindsay's designed over the years. And we're now coming out with a new series 
Thanks a lot to Scott Walker from the Freaky Deaky podcast. He designed these, but him and Lindsay have been working together. Lindsay comes up with the idea. He designs it. And what we're doing is we're going through every state of the United States, and we're going to come out with a t-shirt design for that state. So like California, that design is guess what? Patty, right? It makes sense. Patty, California. But then we came out with a New Jersey t-shirt design. And what is that? The Jersey Devil. But we also throw curveballs in there, like Pennsylvania. What is for Pennsylvania? What are we going to design for Pennsylvania? Well, Lindsay came up with a cryptid from Pennsylvania that's not talked about a whole lot. And I had no idea what it was until she showed me and talked about it. And then Scott designed it. It's the squonk. I don't know what a squonk is. But if you've ever seen a squonk, please email me because I want to talk to you about it. If you've seen the squonk in the mountains of Pennsylvania, you got to contact me. But we have the squonk t-shirt and we also have the West Virginia t-shirt with the Mothman on it. These are awesome designs. You can check it out, theconfessionalspodcast.com slash store or just hit the store tab and you can see those right there. But thanks a lot to Scott Walker from the Freaky Deaky Podcast and designing these and working on these new uh, designs for the store. It's awesome. I really do appreciate it. And there you guys go. I just talked about a minute and a half about the store store. So stop saying you don't know we have a store. We have a store. All right, guys, until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Awakened from the forest in the depths of the abyss, this creature is a paradigm of time lost and time itself. It fears no one. It adheres to no rule that man can create. It forges its own path, and yet its path remains hidden from the world. The sphere of his existence is beyond most comprehension as it exudes its power quietly but transcendent. It needs no one's approval to exist, but yet its very existence is sought after by many. It watches. It learns. Adapts to the ever-changing environment around it, even as the environment is wrought with corruption. It battles the corruption only when pressed or for the protection of others like it. It is a mirage that few will ever understand. It's a cornucopia of knowledge from an era long past. It's free. It's Bigfoot. My fantasies always consisted of making it big. My soul was nothing more than a bargaining chip. Marketing is what they tell you to do and what you're willing to give. Larping to the fullest extent. I don't wait, I shoot first like Han on a rodeo. And these people don't understand me like reading a Nokian. Stretch thin, like pulling an accordion. My heart ain't primordium. All these historians telling us lies. Setting aside, everything is medicalized. Politicians selling the ride. I better die where the relevance lies. They dressing alike. Reptilians. My resilience is brilliant. I'm here to lead the rebellion on hell. Salient alien with no melody.